the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who fasted sumptuously, feasted sumptuously every day. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us is a great chasm. A great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be con convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. How are you? Good. I have a question. Where do you play? At your house? Yeah, that's a good place to play. And you play all over the house, right? And outside, all oh, with football? Man, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Where else do you play? On the play set, that sounds super cool. Are there swings? Oh, that's cool. Where? Playgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. I miss those. What else? Trampolines? So high on the swings, up in the sky. On trampolines, also get you up in the sky. We have found your topic, haven't we? Yeah. Where else do you play? Yeah. On the farm. That's right. 
recognize Korah. In the pool, awesome. You do swim. Swim, 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 swim. Just like that. Now, here's the other question. Here's the other question, cannonballing Alice. Here's the other question. Is there any place, is there any place that you're not allowed to play? Ah. It's too high. That's right. Sometimes the big playground's not quite there yet, right? Yeah, where else? Yep, you don't play with the balls inside, right? Where else? That's right. That's right. So you have to ask if you're going to play on other people's stuff, right? That's right. That's right. But they can't be, it can't be a real shallow pool, right? It has to be a deep pool. That's right. You forget? When I was growing up, I had a similar arrangement. Right? Oh, there's the microphone. When I was growing up, I had a similar arrangement. My parents made a fence in the backyard. We had a big yard, but it turned into a farmyard too. And so there would be tractors going through sometimes. There'd be animals going through sometimes. And there'd be big trucks going through sometimes. And so they made a fence. And when I was young, we had to play inside the fence. Now there was a lot of cool stuff there. There's a swing set and there's a sandbox and there like there's a tree so you could climb the tree. But every once in a while we wanted to go outside the fence. We wanted to go way outside the fence. We wanted to run and we wanted to be with mom and dad. We did all things. And my parents would say, no, you can't go outside the fence. Now, eventually, here I am. I'm not in the fence anymore. But the, the moment that I got to go outside the fence wasn't I reached a certain age. And it wasn't that I just forced my way out of the fence. The moment I got to go outside the fence and play was when I understood why they were telling me not to go out. Well, when I understood to be careful around the tractors, I could go out. And when I understood how to look out for other animals, I could go out. And when I understood that I needed to be safe and take care of not only myself, but others, then I could go out. Once I learned why there were rules, I could go out. Our lives are the same. Every once in a while, God might say no to something that we want to do, just like in today's text. It's not because God's trying to be mean to you. It's because God loves you. Even the no's are something that's loving because they teach you how to be safe and they teach you how to be good and they teach you where the boundaries are, just like a good fence teaches you at the beginning. You play in some places now, and when you grow up, you'll get to go to all kinds of places, places you don't even think about yet. And you'll have some fun there too. No matter where you are, whether you're inside a fence or you get to go out a little bit more and more, 
remember that when God shares with us a no, sometimes it's a really good thing to hear. Does that make sense? Should we say a prayer? Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the fences that let us play safely. We give you thanks for all the places we do play, swing sets and pools and homes and backyards and playgrounds. As we look at other places that we're not quite ready for yet, as we look at big playgrounds and places we haven't gone, places that might, might, might not be safe, we ask that you're with us. Help us to be patient. Help us to grow. Help us to understand. And in time, bring us to new. Bring us to good. And help us in the midst of it all. Thank you for places to play. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here. You went back to your seats. In the name of Jesus, amen. This story seems weird. And we should just say that right off the bat. This story seems strange because in no other place of scripture do people talk to each other from Hades and wherever that is with Abraham. We assume some kind of heaven. No other place in scripture do we describe a great chasm that separates the two. No other place in scripture does one see the other. This feels weird. More so, this is a story. This is a parable made like other parables to teach us something about ourselves. And much like other parables, there may be truths scattered in, and there be maybe fiction scattered in. And so when we're hearing a parable, it's important to pay attention to the things that feel true and to the things that feel weird, strange, unusual. And the first thing that jumps to mind is the way that they can talk to each other. Across this great chasm where no one can cross and no one can go and no one can switch sides and go back and forth, across this great chasm, they can talk to each other. And if, as we heard in our Sunday school class this morning, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, it is interesting that there are words flying across this chasm, absolutely going back and forth wherever it will. Abraham says no one goes back and forth. The words do something different. The words go back and forth. The words talk to each other. The words say things to each other. And they more than just go over the chasm. We hear the words. The words come to us. 
here in Jesus' own words, even if a man would be raised from the dead, they wouldn't believe, which is meant to catch our ears because this is being spoken by someone who would be raised from the dead. And then it comes to our hearts and it says, what about you? Do you believe? Inside this parable, we have the keystone to all the different parables we've been studying beforehand. Way, way, way back, we heard a parable about a table. When you're invited to a table, take the low seat so you can be invited to the high seat and not the other way around, right? And there's this humility in the kingdom of God, this openness in the kingdom of God, where everyone gets a seat at the table. No saving seats, right? And then again, we hear this understanding of the costliness of discipleship, where we even give up the things that are most dear to us as we walk towards what good God has in store. And we hear again this story of losing sheep and coins. And we hear again the story about a steward giving away all that he has. And again and again and again, we have heard these stories of God's gracious, unfathomable love for all people, giving God's self away and calling us to do the same in every part of life from the tables that we share to the lives that we lead to the ways that we spend money to the ways that we conduct ourselves. Give it all away. Give love away, joy away. All the things you gather from the goodness of God, give them away. And here we have a parable where one man does not give it away. He feasts sumptuously every day. And another one needs. And they don't meet each other. And in this story, they are separated in the most extreme way possible, a way that casts fear into some of our hearts. And when the man still doesn't get it and says, have Lazarus come down to me and still give me more, God says no through Abraham. No. You see, in the kingdom of God, not everything goes. Not everything's a good idea. And here we have found a boundary, a fence line. And this fence is drawn like a chasm between sharing all you have like God does with Lazarus in heaven and keep taking like the rich man wants to. No, not anymore. For us, this boundary could be frustrating. It could be wonderful. It could be annoying. It could be curious. It could be inconsequential. It all depends on how we're living our lives. But the fence doesn't move. This chasm doesn't move. This no doesn't move. It stands 
like a fence around us. Simply being a fence. The fence doesn't talk. The fence doesn't say anything. It just says no. And we live our lives inside this fence, looking at all the things that we're to be responsible for, looking at all the ways we're to give everything we have away, looking at all the little things that God has given us. And over time, we receive great things, meaningful things, life-changing things. And then eventually, we're led outside the fence. In our baptismal waters, we are sent with the full expression of everything God is into the world. At the table, we receive a no-holds-bar expression of Jesus, nothing left ungiven to you, body and blood. And we're sent into the world with everything that is good to give it away. But each time we come back, each time we come back, we're not put back into a fence. But each time we come back, we're invited to remember that there are good things and bad things in the kingdom of God. There are ways to behave and ways not to behave. And while much of humanity has tried to make a lot of hay in saying, behave only this one certain way that I like, there's a wideness in God's kingdom and the breadth to God's mercy that you wouldn't believe. And here in this text, God absolutely cares for the ones in need. And so do we. As people of God, so do we. We care and we see and we do the best we possibly can to not walk past Lazarus every day. We care and we see and we do the best we can not to feast without inviting Lazarus in. We care and we see and we make sure we cancel Lazarus' debt if we have that opportunity. We care and we see and we make sure that we invite Lazarus into all that we have, like family. We care and we see that Lazarus has the good things in life. Because a man raised from the dead is telling us about this stuff. Because words flying over this chasm are coming to our ears. Because God wants us to understand that there's a lot of things that go on in this world, not all of them great. We want to be led to the good things. So I want you to consider, how are we existing in this world right now? How are we existing as a congregation, as individuals, as families, and as friends? Who are the ones, when we go from here, that we can invite to our tables? Who are the ones, when we go from here, that we can share with them all that we have? Who are the ones that need food, and who are the ones that need words of love? Who are the ones that need time and friendship? Who are the ones that need us to share just life together? 
Who are the ones that we're going out to meet? And I promise you, there's someone. I don't believe that God builds a church to have it go out and find no one on the road. I don't believe that God builds a church to go out and find nothing to do that week. We're going to be tied to someone, not eventually, but soon and very soon. So look for them. Welcome them. Invite them. Love them. Care for them. Feed them. Help them. More than that, welcome and invite help and care for yourself too. There'll be times when we're the rich and there'll be times when we're Lazarus, but there'll always be times when we're tied together in beautiful, wonderful ways. God be with you. Wherever you are in this process, God be with you. If you like the fence or don't, God be with you in all parts of your life. And may God continue to send us out. Have us meet all kinds of people. Give this stuff away and bring us back again. God be with you. Amen.